MSW Media. Hey everybody, it's AG, and this episode of The Beans is brought to you by my favorite daily nutritional drink, Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Just go to athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And we thank them for their support. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Friday, January 7th, 2022. Today, U.S. Capitol Police flagged comments by Louis Gohmert three days before the insurrection. Kamala Harris was inside the DNC when the pipe bomb was discovered. The U.S. prisons director has resigned. And the Cheneys are the only two Republicans on the House floor during a moment of silence remembering the insurrection. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Hey, Dana, how are you today? I'm good, AG. How are you, my friend? I am positive for COVID, so yes. I am resting. I'm glad you're resting. I teed it up. I wasn't sure if you were going to answer it or not, so I was just ready. Um, <laughs> I'm glad. I'm so glad you're boosted. I'm so grateful for science, and uh, I hope that you rest and uh, get better quickly. Yeah, I'm sure I will. Just a little brain fog, so I'm a little slow today, so pardon. Although I was just watching CNN, and you know the guy who's being... Uh, quarantined in Australia, the famous tennis guy. Oh yeah. Djokovic. Djokovic, because he's not vaccinated. And he's he's got he's staying in this hotel. They have a, a quarantine hotel. Well I will tell you this. Djokovic is a hell of a tennis player and I'm sure there's people that would disagree with this next statement. He's kind of a douche nozzle. Um yeah I've heard he's a I've heard he's kind of a douche. Yeah, yeah. he is. And so obviously he's this anti-vaccine, blah blah blah. But you know he's the jackass that is like, you know, He's like the same guy that like uh, when Osaka took a time off for mental health, he's some bullshit about how, you know, athletes, they need to be tough and they need to be able to control their emotions and blah, blah, blah. And he's the first one to break oh. his fucking racket. You know, he's the guy that got he's disqualified from one of the, the Grand Slams because he couldn't control his anger and he hit a ball and it happened to go right toward one of the the, the runners, one of the ball women or one of the lines uh, judges. Mm. I can't remember which one it was, but. I've got no sympathy for the guy. He's kind of a jerk. He's a great tennis player. Can't take away his talent, but whoo, well, he could use some lessons on um, people skills. That's for sure. That's what's going on in my brain today. So just so everyone's prepared. We do have some news to get to, though. Why don't we do that? Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. First up, U.S. Capitol Police in a special event assessment was dated on January 3rd, three days before the insurrection flagged potential danger stemming from comments made by Rep. Louis Gohmert, Republican idiot from Texas. The assessment, obtained by Politico Wednesday, laid out analysts' views of danger that lawmakers and law enforcement officers could face during the protests against the certification of President Biden's election victory. It's also noted that the White House was actively helping plan a rally on the ellipse on the 6th, as we know. The January 3rd assessment noted that Gohmert had sued to try to get then-Vice President Mike Pence to overturn the election results. Remember, Jamie Raskin brought this up as a very important piece of this puzzle. Absolutely. This lawsuit. And the assessment added that a federal judge had thrown out Gohmert's lawsuit. And from that intelligence report, quote, in an interview Friday evening on pro-Trump news network Newsmax, Gohmert 
claimed that letting the will of the voters stand would mean the end of our republic. <laughs> what? Uh, the end of the experiment in self-government by letting the will of the voters stand. Okay. And that's according to the assessment. Representative Gomert then seemed to encourage violence as a means to this end. But bottom line is the court is saying we're not going to touch this. You have no remedy, basically. In effect, the ruling would be that you got to go to the streets and be as violent as Antifa and BLM. Now, Gomert released a statement saying he had not encouraged violence. He unequivocally do not advocate for violence. And it wasn't just Gomert. The department's interest in politicians and protests wasn't limited to him. Later in that same report, it discussed plans for a major rally on the ellipse and noted that the White House is actively participating in planning of this event. Hmm. The January 3rd document also said that Trump supporters sense of desperation and disappointment may lead to more of an incentive to become violent, as previously reported by The Post. On January 6th, some of the participants in the Ellipse rally marched to the Capitol building where the violent mob formed. His response, of course, Gomert facing criticism for his remarks at the time, released a statement saying he had, again, not encouraged violence. Quote, I have long advocated for following the teaching and example of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. of peaceful protest. That does not keep me from recognizing what lies ahead when the institutions created by a self-governing people to peacefully resolve disputes Hide from their responsibility. Violence is not the answer. The appropriate answer is courts and self-governing bodies resolving disputes as intended. Spokesperson Swinson said Wednesday, the Capitol Police Intelligence Report took Gomert's remarks out of context. Quote, therefore, such an out of context statement promotes fake news, promotes injustice and fails to note his ongoing advocacy as a former judge and appellate court chief justice. The institutions created to resolve disputes. That's terrifying. I know, must have the courage to resolve the disputes they were created to resolve so our system can function peaceably. My goodness. AG, thank you for the top story. Moving on. Now, then Vice President-elect at the time, Kamala Harris, was inside the Democratic National Committee headquarters on January 6, 2021, when that pipe bomb was discovered outside the building. And that's according to four people familiar with her movements that day. So Capitol Police began investigating the pipe bomb at 1.07 p.m. That's according to official Capitol Police timeline of the events obtained by Politico. Now, the timeline says that the Capitol Police and the Secret Service evacuated an unnamed protectee at approximately 1.14 p.m., seven minutes later. The four people, among them a White House official and a former law enforcement official, confirmed that Harris was the Secret Service protectee identified in the timeline which is circulated on Capitol Hill. Now, Harris's presence inside the building while a bomb was right outside raises sobering questions about her security that day. It also raises the chilling prospect that the riots could have been far more destructive than they already were with the incoming vice president's life directly endangered. Federal law enforcement officials have faced harsh criticism for failing to anticipate the chaotic scene around the Electoral College certification one year ago. And now that was despite receiving a host of warnings about possible chaos. I'd say host is generous. Uh, There was a lot. There was a lot. The DNC bomb threat was neutralized at 4.36 p.m. That's according to the same timeline. Now, another pipe bomb discovered at the RNC was neutralized at 3.33 p.m. And no suspects have been arrested so far in relation to either of those bombs. Now, the FBI has described both bombs as viable and said they could have been detonated, resulting in serious injury or death. Authorities say both bombs were placed by one single suspect the night before the Capitol attack. 
The RNC bomb was placed in an alley behind the building, and the DNC bomb was placed near a park bench. The FBI recently issued a new call for help seeking the suspected pipe bomber, who was captured on video. I think a lot of us have seen that in the vicinity of the DNC and the RNC buildings. Now, Harris's DNC evacuation on January 6th as authorities raced to respond to the bomb threat has not been previously reported. Now, she occasionally used party headquarters to conduct a non-government business as the vice president nominee and later in advance of the January 20th, 2021 inauguration and a standard practice for elected officials in both parties. That's not unheard of. Mm-hmm. Aides had previously declined to reveal her location during the attack, citing security reasons, understandably. Now, Harris alluded to her absence from the Capitol during the breach as she delivered televised remarks Thursday, though she was cryptic about her location. Yeah. And Joyce Vance tweeted, this is like such an interesting question. Either the Secret Service failed the sweep when she arrived or the bomb was planted while she was in there. I don't know what time she was there, or what time the bomb was planted, but like right. that's frightening. Very. Also, while most Republicans were absent on Capitol Hill for the January 6th anniversary Thursday, one of the party's prominent elders was there. It says elder statesman, but I'm just going to say elder. He was there. ABC News Chief Washington Correspondent Jonathan Carl spoke to former Vice President Dick Cheney just off the House floor. Asked why he came to the Capitol this day, Cheney said it's an important historical event, referring to the anniversary of the insurrection. You can't overestimate how important it is. He added, I'm deeply disappointed. We don't have better leadership in the Republican Party to restore the Constitution. He noted that his daughter is an exception. Now, Cheney then went to the House floor with his daughter. He has a lifetime. By the way, he has lifetime floor privileges as a congressman who held the seat that she now occupies to observe that moment of silence on the Hill. One by one, Democratic members, including some liberals who castigated him and his politics when he was vice president, approached him to shake his hand and pay their respects. The Cheneys were the only two Republicans present. That last statement blows my mind. The only two Republicans present, and he isn't even serving on Congress anymore. Not to mention there were 10 Republicans that voted to impeach the former guy. Where were they? That's my, I wonder about that. Not there. And, and it's interesting too, because I guess some, there's a Senate, some Senator passed away and there's a funeral. Oh, interesting. Out of town. And that's where all the Republicans are. Oh, of course. That's of why they're, they're not. Are. That's why they're not there. I'm like, that's a weird day to have your funeral on the 6th. Okay. Such bullshit. All right. Lastly, lastly, the director of the Federal Bureau of Prisons is resigning amid increasing scrutiny over his leadership in the wake of Associated Press reporting that uncovered widespread problems at the agency, including a recent story detailing serious misconduct involving correctional officers. So Michael Carvajal, a Trump administration holdover, he's been at the center of myriad of crisis uh, within the federal prison system. He's told Attorney General Merrick Garland he is resigning. And that's from the Justice Department. That's what we heard from the Justice Department directly. He will stay on for an interim period until a successor is in place. It's unclear how long that process is going to take. Now, his exit comes just weeks after the AP revealed that more than 100 Bureau of Prisons workers had been arrested convicted or sentenced for crime since the start of 2019. What the fuck? Including a warden charged with sexually abusing an inmate. A warden. That is mad. The AP stories pushed Congress into investigating and prompted increased calls to resign by lawmakers, including the chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee. Now, the administration has faced increasing pressure to remove Carvajal and do more to fix the federal prison system after Joe Biden's campaign promise to push criminal justice reforms. 
So the Bureau of Prisons is the largest Justice Department agency, budgeted around 37,500 employees and over 150,000 federal prisoners. Carvajal presided over an extraordinary time of increased federal executions and a pandemic that ravaged the system. After the AP story was published in November, Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman Dick Durbin demanded Carvajal's firing. Several congressional committees had been looking into Carvajal and the Bureau of Prisons, questioning employees about misconduct allegations. So in a statement, Durbin, and as we know, is a Democrat from Illinois, he said that Carvajal, quote, had failed to address the mounting crises in our nation's federal prison system, including failing to fully implement the landmark First Step Act. That was a bipartisan criminal justice measure passed during the Trump administration that was meant to improve prison programs and reduce sentencing disparities. I am shocked that he even went through during the last administration, (laughs) mind you. And this is a quote, his resignation is an opportunity for new reform-minded leadership at the Bureau of Prisons. And that's Mm -hmm. from Durbin. Now, Carvajal, who's 54, was appointed director in February 2020 by then-Attorney General Bill Barr. Just before the COVID-19 pandemic began raging in federal prisons nationwide, leaving tens of thousands of inmates infected with the virus and resulting in 266 deaths. Damn. Yeah. Bye-bye. Uh-huh. Bye-bye, Carvajal. Good. Good. I think he was also there when um, Epstein got Epsteined. Yeah. I think so. I think so. Anyway, good riddance. All right, everybody, stick around. We'll be right back with the good news. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG, and today's show is sponsored by Helix Sleep. Do you ever wake up feeling tired, more tired than you did when you went to bed? With aches and pains, and you just don't feel refreshed, it's crucial that we get a good night's sleep. It's so important for our health and well-being. Uh, my old sleeping patterns left me drowsy all night, tossing and turning, and uh, and then I would be tired all day. But thanks to Helix Sleep, I realized I had the wrong mattress for my sleeping style after I took their quick, easy online sleep quiz. And you can too by visiting helixsleep.com slash dailybeans to take the quiz and get the best night's sleep of your life. Helix mattresses are tailored to your sleep preferences by body type. And you can choose between soft, medium, or firm mattresses. You can pick one that's ideal for regulating your body temperature, which is great if you have hot flashes. They have ones great for spinal alignment. And they even have a Helix Plus for our beautiful plus-size sleepers. I was matched with a Helix Midnight because I like a medium firm mattress and I sleep on my side. So it's perfect for me. I wake up refreshed and energized every morning. And Helix has over 12,000 five-star reviews. And they were awarded number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. Leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine recommend Helix to improve sleep. It's just truly the best night's sleep you'll ever have. They have a 10-year warranty. You get to try it out for 100 sleeps risk-free, so there's no risk at all. They even have financing options and flexible payment plans available, so a great night's sleep is never far away. And right now, Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for you at helixsleep.com slash dailybeans. That's helixsleep, H-E-L-I-X, sleep.com slash dailybeans for up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows. And today's show is also brought to you by Athletic Greens. Absolutely, health and wellness, hands down, is so important, right? And it's so important to get your daily nutrition. But, you know, with my hectic schedule, poor sleep, I intermittently fast, I eat paleo, I have a lot of gaps in my diet. It's hard for me to keep good nutritional habits and provide my body with the nutrients it needs, right, to to thrive. Fortunately, there's Athletic Greens. They changed it all. It's a category-leading superfood product that provides comprehensive, convenient daily nutrition, And one delicious scoop of AG1 has 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food ingredients, including a multivitamin, a multimineral, probiotics, green superfood blend, and more. All in one delicious, tasty scoop. It's so convenient. And to be as productive as possible throughout the day, I take AG1 first thing in the morning before I go on my run. 
It's, it's so good. And I find that the high quality bioavailable ingredients effectively replace multiple products. I used to have, you know, 10 different vitamin jars and uh, my greens, you know, superfood blend powder. And then I would have a probiotic that I had to take. But this is all together. And it fits with keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, and vegan lifestyles. It has less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no chemicals, no artificial ingredients, nothing. Plus, it tastes amazing. It's so convenient. My favorite aspect, though, is it changes as the research changes. Unlike most nutritional supplements, Athletic Greens continually improves AG1 based on science and research, resulting in 53 improvements over the last decade and counting. It's absolutely worth trying. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of vitamin D to support your immune system and five free travel packs with your first purchase if you visit athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans today. Again, simply visit athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans to take control of your health and give AG1 a try. You'll be glad you did. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Well, we'll float on good news is on the way. And if you have any good news or corrections or confessions or shit you said when you were drunk, I guess that's a new thing. Oh, God, <laughs> please. Please send them into dailybeanspod.com and click on contact and we will take care of you. First up from Anonymous, pronouns she and her. Hey, Queens of the Beans. AG mentioned wanting things you say while drunk. I've got one, but it's not drunk. It was while on medications. I have chronic migraines and they sometimes land me in the ER so I can get an infusion to stop an attack. It includes really strong painkillers, which can make you loopy. Apparently, I'm hilarious while loopy, so my fiancé has taken to telling the nurses to hang out for a bit after starting the infusion to listen to my rants. Oh my gosh. Last time, I begged for a flop-eared bunny for a full five minutes before passing out. I don't remember any of it, but my fiancé says they were both laughing so hard they couldn't breathe. <laughs> That's amazing that that was the request while you were high off your ass. A flop-eared bunny. And who wouldn't want a flop-eared bunny? They're adorable. They're amazing. They are. All right. Thank you for kicking us off with that. This next one's from John. No pronouns given. We have many heavy, meaningful sighs in these times. Mm. Last week's fires in Colorado destroyed 600 to 1,000 homes very close to my neighborhood and affecting several friends Mm. and students. Your podcast helps us keep up with the news without me feeling a need to check out. Thanks Mm. always. A listener corrected your pronunciation of Ivanka. I had assumed you were mispronouncing her name with the same attitude as when you say Steve, as in Mnuchin. I will miss Ivanka. (laughs) Yeah, I guess Ivanka is the proper pronunciation. Ivanka. Steve. Can we just call her Steve? I I like that too. Steve. Love it. Next up from Bob, pronouns he and him. Dear Wonder Beans. Hmm, I like it. A-G-D-G-A-C, an unsung staff, super busy keeping us all informed. Had to dive into the new game, sharing about my misidentifying the gender of our cats. Soon after we were married, back in the 80s, my wife and I decided to adopt a cat. We contacted the local shelter, inquiring about a young male, Siamese, in need of a home. We were told he was indeed still available. We arrived at the shelter to find an ancient and disheveled cat limping out of the confinement area in more desperate need of a loving home than words can express. I picked him up and he melted into my arms, purring like a motorboat. My wife and I looked at each other, shrugged, acknowledged the obvious, brought him home, and made him comfortable. And since we were both in a philosophy class in grad school, we named him Socrates. Nice. 
few days later, we took him for a vet check where they estimated his age at about 12 years old. The vet recommended Socrates is an interesting name for a female. <laughs> Whoopsie. We looked at the evidence we had previously taken on faith, laughed ourselves silly. Socrates became Grizabella. <laughs> My parents had taken us to see cats on Broadway. Gritsy, her shorthand nickname, lived several more happy years with us, sleeping most of it, always on our laps as we did homework or under the blankets between us at night. She was a wonderful friend and companion, as wonderful as we could have hoped for. And as Cheryl Crow sings, it's not getting what you want. It's getting what you've got. It's wanting what you've got. Now I just totally fucked up the <laughs> Cheryl Crow song. Oh, my God. Uh, no photos of Miss Grizz to share, Miss Grizzabella to share, unfortunately. So for a pet tax, here's another photo following two previous submissions in 21 of our yellow Labradaughter, Daisy, also glorious sweet companion coming up on her 11th birthday on February 11th. Her favorite Christmas present is getting to shred boxes <laughs> and wrapping paper. Note, both times Dana has seen Daisy's photo, her response was, I want a dog. Both times. Makes me Aww. very happy. Final thought. Oh, yeah. Look at this dog. Forced to choose between a round of golf with the orange jackass or sliding down a banister made of razor blades landing in a barrel of rubbing alcohol, hot rubbing alcohol. I'd respond, how long is that banister? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for your continuously amazing example of courageous truth telling, holding democratic institutions to high standards, advocacy for the abused and vulnerable, brilliant senses of humor. Stop. I used to be religious and know that Jesus would have been a proud supporter of your work. Oh, that is super sweet. And I do love this baby. That is the coolest looking dog. She's so happy. Look what I did. I shredded I the box and the wrapping paper. Look at me. <laughs> Everyone look. Oh my God. So cute. So cute. Thank you so much for that, Bob. All right. This is from Kirk. Pronouncing him. Hello, Beans Queens. I've been a loyal listener since the kitchen days, and you are my number one go-to podcast on my morning walks. You keep me informed and entertained. I wanted to add some perspective to the discussion about whether it's possible to capture a fart. <laughs> what the fuck did I miss, AG? <laughs> yes, you can do it. But using a jar, as Amy suggested, it was not, of course it was you and Amy, I suggested it's not the optimal method. A plastic soda bottle is a better vessel, and that's because you can get the neck of the bottle right up to your sphincter to collect a good sample. The trick, some say skill, is then to quickly cap the bottle before too much of the gas escapes. How do I know these details? Yeah, my, how do you yeah, know Yeah, Jesus Christ, here we go. Well, my 30-year-old used to be a 13-year-old knucklehead, which is when he and his goofball buddies would hang out in my basement, play Xbox, and do kind of stupid shit that teenagers do such as sealing farts up an empty Mountain Dew box. Of course it's Mountain Dew. Right? As pet techs. I'm sure they were eating Funyuns while they were doing it. I'm enclosing a few pictures of my grand dog, Bo. He's a year-and-a-half-year-old Bernese Mountain Dog and just can't take a bad photo. Mm. I sometimes borrow him from my daughter and son-in-law to take him on adventures, such as a nature hike or a trip to a local brewery with a pint for me and a biscuit for him. Oh my God, could this be cuter? I don't think so. Thank you for doing what you do and keeping us sane in perilous times. And look at Bo. What a good boy. What a beautiful dog. Look at him and Bo and a beer. Yeah. Bo and a beer and a bone. And look, he's a black and tan. Oh my God, well done. He is a black and tan. And look at the antlers. And a little biscuit. Oh my God. You're right. This dog cannot take a bad photo. That's amazing. A little moose. Oh my God cuteness look at those feet holy shit that's a big dog that's a big dog all right next up for maria pronounce she and her a new would you rather choose one 
fly to Australia in the middle seat between Marjorie Taylor Greene and Madison Cawthorn, or sit through a whole game of golf in Fat Hitler's golf cart. Personally, I'd rather go on a lazy river of molten lava than either of those choices. <laughs> but if I had to, I'd ride with Trump, wear a wire, get his crimes on tape, and then convince him to be outraged that mutant atheist space alpacas are taking over all the schools. He'd at least have Fox News scratching their empty heads. That's hilarious. That is really funny. Oh, God, the first one. Why to Australia? Middle Sea between the MTT. <laughs> Madison Cawthorn. That, that name always sounds like someone I should cover my drink around. You know what I mean? Like at a yeah. frat party, just be like, oh, Madison's here. Okay. And you should. He was like, apparently he was, everybody warned about him. And he was, he, See? they called him part of the douche crew. And oh, he would God. like get women in his car and like be creepy. And everyone was like, stay away from that guy. Oh my God, I didn't even know. See, I just have a sixth sense for this shit. Even as you a lesbian, do. I'm like, don't trust that guy. <laughs> yep. You're right. You got All it. right. All right. And lastly, Aaron, pronounce she, her. This is a confession. Hello, Leguminati. This is a shit I said. Unfortunately, fortunately, is there fortune involved? I don't know. I'm hearing impaired and wear a hearing aid. Now, let me tell you, hearing aid technology has come a long way. Every hearing aid I needed since I was little was a little better than the last. And while my current one is amazing, let's just say that the one I had circa 2006 when I met my husband did not have filtering tech to help me hear human voices better. I had a ton of really funny moments where the words hitting my ears and the landing in my brain were decidedly not what was said. And in college, we had a wall of sticky notes with the wild shit I heard. Oh my God, <laughs> that's amazing. So, so I should have not been surprised as I was when my then boyfriend looked at me and asked, would you like to fuck in the church? Now, <laughs> now we had gone to church with my parents the Sunday before, so I gave it a serious thought and felt it deserved and I answered, no, I'd have to explain why I need the church key and I don't know what I'd say. <laughs> he was thoroughly confused until I explained what I thought he'd said. And it's gone down in history as one of the wildest mix-ups we've experienced. Now, I don't know what he actually said, so that is lost forever, and it really doesn't matter. <laughs> anyway, thank you for everything you do. I'm including my pet tax of my silly dogs doing their best to ignore Christmas lights to earn their snackos. Look at these dogs, AJ. Oh my their God. names are Watson and Montgomery. Yes, they are. And they're every bit as goofy as they look. You're welcome to guess the breed, and you'll probably get 100%. They're exactly what they look like. Please ignore the kettlebell. My husband leaves this stuff lying around for Montgomery to chew on. These Doberman pincers are absolutely stunning. They're off. This just reminds me of the movie Clue, you know. Oh, totally. Because they have the two Dobies. And I think it speaks volumes that your dogs chew on kettlebells. <laughs> Those dogs like, could probably pick that up. It's 50, it's 50 pounds, yeah. but I'm sure one of them's <gasps> tossing it around. Oh, look at that. I know. Look at the Christmas lights. These are gorgeous animals. Look at that. Is it a blanket with a, a hole in it for their head? Probably. It's probably the Christmas tree skirt, to be honest with you. But still, <laughs> is that what it's called? A Christmas tree skirt? Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm Jewish. I'm like, it's the thing that goes under the Christmas tree. I think it's it looks a like a dog snuggie is what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's a multitasking piece of material. <laughs> Wow. Thank you for these. And thanks to everybody for sending in your good news. I really appreciate it. I needed it today. Yes. I hope everybody has a safe and wonderful weekend. Dana, do you have any final thoughts? I do not have any final thoughts. I just want everyone <laughs> to stay healthy. That's my final thought. I know you have some other words to say. Do I? You do. You always do. They're poignant and people <laughs> appreciate them. 
thanks for the info about farting into Mountain Dew bottles. I think that that was probably really important. Yeah. For us to and know. remind me to never accept a soda at your house, sir. <laughs> I like it. It was my 30 year old son was once a 13 year old knucklehead. That's I so know. Cool. That's such a great line. I don't really have any words of wisdom other than just for everyone to be safe this weekend and take care of yourselves, take care of each other, take care of the planet and take care of your mental health. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com.